Hello and welcome to the live stream edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast from the Des Moines Register. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines coming to you outside Jack Trice Stadium following Iowa State's 20-13 to Cyhawk loss to Iowa. The Cyclones have now lost 8 of 10 to Iowa. Matt Campbell now 1-6 against Iowa and a... Uh, not exactly inspiring performance over the course of 60 minutes from the Iowa State offense. The Iowa State defense, after the uh, first couple drives of the game, was very good, uh, but a bit of a mixed bag otherwise for Iowa State, other than the final score, which can only be viewed as a problem. Randy, with uh, Iowa State again losing to Iowa, it certainly seems that Kirk Ferentz and Iowa have Matt Campbell in Iowa State's number, and I think... A lot of that is probably Iowa State tries to do a lot of things similarly to Iowa, and Iowa just does those things better, more consistently. Yeah, exactly. And we heard we heard Matt say after the game that this was his what, Iowa State's best Cyhawk game since he's been there, which would, this has been his seventh. Um, you know, and and I guess I guess I would agree that part of it, that parts of this game were the best, maybe. Like the last the last quarter, quite possibly when Iowa State gained 100 and whatever it was 115 of its 290 yards for the game, um, when Iowa State uh, went down and scored and uh, became a, a touchdown behind the final score became a touchdown behind and then you knew the defense Iowa State's defense was going to hold. Um, so there I I saw glimmers. Of, of the future here. And, and, and that's exactly what I meant of the future, because as Campbell pointed out, and as you and I and everybody else that covers this team has pointed out over the last couple of months is that this is probably the youngest team that, that Campbell has had at Iowa state, or maybe the youngest team he's ever had. So I guess in, in that, in that vein, yeah, I know the object, the object is to win, but to, to also play a game and leave this game somewhat feeling good about themselves, at least by the way the game ended, the way the way they played towards the end of the game with this young with this young team, I think that bodes that bodes well for the future. But again, don't get me wrong; it's the final. You know, it's football's about winning. It's about not not about playing well. It's about it's about winning, and uh, um, Iowa State's got. If if in fact this was such, this was as good a game as Matt Campbell says it was, then Iowa State's got to got to parallel parallel got to got to parallel this game parlay this game. That's the word. Parlay this game into a victory next week at Ohio University, which will be the first road trip for this very young team. Yeah. Before we look ahead to that, let's talk a little bit no, more about yeah. the game today offensively other than really that last touchdown drive was mostly a disaster disaster might be a little strong it was a, a struggle for Iowa State Rocco Beck throws a pick six that is just backbreaking in a game like this uh, where the mistakes are just compounded uh, because both teams are doing their damnedest not to commit any mistakes but here are the numbers for Iowa State Rocco Becht, 23 of 44 for 203 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Cartavius Norton, 
carries it 21 times for 59 yards, averages 2.8 yards a carry. Abusama, 8 for 24, averaging 3. Total, Iowa State carried the rock 31 times, averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Iowa State had a number of drops, had the pick six. Just a, a rough day for that offense. And, Randy, I thought that offense looked a lot like last year's offense for a long time on Saturday. Now, there were glimmers. Like, they moved the ball on their first possession of the game pretty well, get the field goal blocked, move the ball okay on their last possession, get a field goal in the first half, move the ball well in that touchdown drive. But kind of like outside of those three drives, everything was a huge struggle for Iowa State. And when we saw last year, when they can't run the ball, things get to be pretty difficult for that offense. And if I'm going to just do some quick math here, you know, 203 yards on 44 passing attempts, that's 4.6 yards per attempt. Like that ain't going to get it done. And like there's noise in that with all the drops today. But just uh, you know, the name of the game last week for Iowa State was offensive efficiency. That did not happen today for this team. And I think there is room for growth. I do think there's some uh, – things to be feeling good about if you're an Iowa State fan looking at that offense. But I don't know that I saw, you know, the light about here's where the future of the offense is going to be in 2023 and everything's going to be all right. You're right. Um, we did see we did see some glimmer. We saw, but we didn't see certainly see a, the bright light, like you said. In between those 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 drive, those three drives, I think I did some quick math and what 75 yards Iowa State had other um, in those however many other drives they had, which which obviously isn't good. Let's not forget, though, let's not forget that they're playing against one of the top defenses, a defense that, be, that will be one of the top in the country. And let's also not for, let's not forget. I'm going to go back to saying it again, that they're doing that with a um, with a very young team. I thought um, I, I I don't not sure this was a game where where veterans came through like I like I thought they would. Um, I don't know who who messed up on the on the um, on the block pump, but that line is probably mostly um, mostly veteran. I there were many drops. Jalen No, I don't know how many drops he had. A couple drops um, back to back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, back. including back-to-back -back drops. I don't expect that out of him. I do not. Um, I would say besides besides Jaden Higgins, I mean, I don't know who you'd say the, the most impressive receiver was, but I think you've got to throw a shout-out to, to the, the freshman, Ben Bramer. And, yes, I'm going to call him Ben. Um, um, I thought – he may not. Have, he might not have had a ton of stats. I'm trying to find the stupid stats right now. Um, he caught a he caught a couple passes, and I but but I thought I thought both of those were in key were in key situations, as if I remember right. And neither neither ball were was a perfect throw. He had to he had to to do some funky stuff um, to get to get the ball. But um, that that like you like you said that block the block field goal was was a backbreaker it was a killer and let's not forget that's three that's three blocked kicks for Iowa against Iowa State in the last in the last two games that ain't good um 
The, yeah, I mean, Campbell's explanation for the field goal was strange. It seemed oh, like I, I, didn't, was, I didn't get it. I didn't even write about there, it. Yeah. There was there was some sort of disconnect between the officials, the long snapper, and the rest of the offensive line, as the way that Campbell explained it. It'll be interesting to go back and and watch the replay. But there seemed yeah. to be a, the word Campbell used, I think, two or maybe even three times was goofy. So there was something atypical yeah. going on there beyond just. A blown assignment. Probably something but, yeah. about what the laces of the ball or something, or, or I, I'm I'm gonna have to go back, go back um, and look at it. Um, what do you make of the fact that he played five tight ends in the first possession? Um, I know he well, loves that, I mean, that that position group. But. You know, Higgins and Noel together had 23 targets, so Iowa State was throwing to the wide receivers, or at least two of them. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, it I mean it felt. It never felt like Iowa State had a downfield threat. I can I'm trying to remember, and my memory is not going to yeah, serve it, me it, well. But the only time I can remember them really taking a shot downfield was back overthrowing one of the wide receivers in double coverage in the first half. I mean, it was a bad throw. I think it was right before the pick six, um, and that was kind of the knock on the offense again last year. And even going back to the Purdy years, that you know that he didn't throw a great deep ball. That they just never tried to stretch the field. And, you know, we'll have to go back and watch the game and, you know, dive a little bit deeper into these numbers. But that certainly seemed to be the case on Saturday against Iowa. And when you don't have the ability to stretch the field or at least have the threat of stretching the field, everything gets pretty tight. Everything gets difficult to run. And then, you know, that's how you get 2.8 yards per carry. And, like, there's just – Dude. I would say it's not going to win a lot of games averaging 2.8 yards a carry. Dude, you talk about everything being tight. The longest – Iowa State's longest play was 16 yards. 16 yards and that that's the that Which was, was that pass. the touchdown that no was, that's a that touchdown pass to higgins yeah good point yes. <laughs> so at the very end of the game yeah um that's on fourth and nine i believe yeah um that's iowa state's last play of the game it was the longest 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 gain of the game 16 yards i mean and i'm just looking at iowa's at iowa's um um there was a 59 yard rush um a 35 yard pass yeah, 35-yard pass completion, a 23-yard pass completion. Um, well, so I, I think yeah, you, can hold, you can hold two thoughts in your mind at the same time, too. Like, Iowa State deserves credit for going down the field. I think it was an 80-yard drive, moving the ball, finally scoring. But at the same time, look at it and say, Iowa's up, Iowa is up two scores and all they're trying – like, they're perfectly happy to let Iowa State take seven minutes off the – clock obviously they don't want to give up the touchdown at the end but they're just trying to keep the ball in front of them and let Iowa State dink and dunk their way to you know zeros on the clock so which they were going to do yeah so you do wonder how much of that is Iowa State figured something out on that drive versus Iowa was going to allow a lot more to go on at that point in the game than they otherwise would have uh, because of the score and because of the clock so it'll be interesting and I don't know you know, I, I don't think uh, Ohio's kicked off yet today, but, you know, they lost to San Diego State in the opener. They beat LIU last week. Um, so I don't know that we're going to learn a whole lot one way or the other about them next week. And then you got Oklahoma State coming. I mean, like, yeah, tough, yeah, exactly. tough I mean, spot here. Excuse let me. me. Let me Let me. Let me. ask you this one. I, and fans are going to be talking about it. I, I, I know they are. Um, the, the, the time management towards the end of the game. And there's – it seems like with, with Campbell, there's there's I, I come away from a number of games. I may even say to you, does he know how many does he know how much time's left 
for example, does he know the score? Um, Ohio's up 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter, by the way. Okay. Um, they were playing like Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, yeah. yeah. On the road. So, yeah. But anyway, um, anybody from the Final Four team on that football team? I don't know. Good point. I bet uh, probably not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, you know, Campbell was questioned and good, and good for whoever asked it about the time management late in the game. And, um, cause it was, it was annoying. And, and I know how, how fans are. They're sitting there watching the game. They're, they're screaming at their TV, call timeout, call timeout. He had one left, two left, whatever. Um, but he, and he acknowledged that after the game saying something about, um, do you want to go quick and essentially go quick and screw up or take your time and score? Um, I want to do, I want to go quick and score. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that, maybe a product of being a young team again. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like he presented a false dichotomy, like obviously no one right. wants to go fast and not score. Um, but you can go fast and score. I think yes. it, it it is telling, I think, that they probably thought they couldn't go fast and score. And again, with a young team, I don't know that that's any great indictment of them. But again, no, there's no way that the plan or in an ideal situation where you write it up, you're down two scores with just under 10 minutes to play and you take a seven-minute drive and have to burn a timeout. Like that's it's not the best way you could have done it. Now, my guess would be if you presented that to Campbell, he'd say it might not be the best way, but it was the only way, which that's going to be up for debate, right? Like, is that the only way they could have done it? Um, but presenting it as an either or, I don't think is fair. And I think what also is influencing it, to your point, Randy, is we've seen Campbell do funky, weird stuff with the clock at the end of halves, at the end of games before, where fans aren't just frustrated by that by today that seven-minute drive. Like, normally, people would be celebrating a seven-minute touchdown drive. Like, yeah. that's what this team hasn't been able to do. But I think that's influenced or informed by previous frustrations about how Campbell has managed the clock. And I, I do think it's a legitimate criticism because they could have gone faster. There could have been a little bit more urgency there. Like, I don't think anybody's saying you had to be in a two-minute drill, spiking the ball after a first down or anything like that. It just like go quick, go quick, and they didn't do that. They yeah, did put points on the board, and again, in Campbell's defense, and he pointed this out, they did get the ball back with a chance to score exactly. going in the game. So yes. it's not yeah. like it totally backfired, but that I think, you know, if you're the one, if you're a person who's like they should have gone faster, I think you would look at that as you know the tail wagging the dog that they yeah. got the ball back uh, because you didn't do you could they could have gotten the ball back twice if they go faster. I so, want to acknowledge. We'll I want to see. let me before we go. Let me just acknowledge a couple of the the, the comments somebody or people have. Somebody you, wants you to, love our new YouTube comments or Facebook. I do. Comments. I, I, How I, I you do. discover that? I do. I I'm a, I'm a techie. Um, somebody wanted to know if Tom Manning was in the house. Um, probably interesting. I don't. Yeah. Okay. The playbook was it looked to be pretty limited, but but once again, what are you going to do against one of the best? defenses defenses in the country and somebody else makes reference to the fact that you know the players that are the starters that were not available for Iowa State for for various reasons um, um and then and then ends a comment which says I'm stunned I'm stunned that Iowa held I'm, I'm that the Iowa State defense held Iowa 
to uh, an offensive touchdown, which is is um, it's true. Um, Iowa State's defense, and once again, do we take it for granted? I don't know, but it played it played very well again, um, and it's going to have to to do that for for this team to win. And, and Jeremiah Cooper had an interception, and just think of if Iowa State's defense was so good that it could have returned, it could have scored a touchdown. But uh, at any rate, um, yeah, I just want to acknowledge those those viewers. Yeah, with the the Tom Manning crack, I think it is probably worth noticing or noting that the offense looks a lot like it did. Yeah, when Manning was there in 2016. It looks like a lot when Manning wasn't there in 2018, and it, uh, I would say that Matt Campbell probably has a lot to do with the way that this offense looks. Matt Campbell, former offensive coordinator, probably has a lot to do with the philosophy and tactics of this offense. Would be my suspicion. Very true. Yeah. So you look like you're done, Randy. Are we, we we need to look ahead. You packing up? I don't know anything about Cincinnati. So or Ohio. Or Ohio. <laughs> or Ohio. I know more about Cincinnati than I do to Ohio. Here's here's what I know. I know we're flying into we're flying into Columbus and then driving from Columbus to wherever Athens on game day. That's what yeah, I know. I, mean, I think Iowa State will be favored in this game. Obviously, I think they should win. I will almost certainly pick them to win. But it is very, uh, I guess, like the sports writery trope is that this is easily diagnosed as a trap game. You're coming off an emotional rivalry game yeah. that is a letdown that you lose, and then you look ahead to Big 12 play starting the following week against Oklahoma State, uh, and you're on the road against a team that, while maybe not great this year, you know, was did play for a conference championship game a year ago. So I think this is a, a trickier game. Then you probably like if you're Matt Campbell. You, I think you'd much rather have uh, Ohio coming into Jack Trice Stadium, where you feel like you probably have a little bit more margin for. Yeah, uh, and 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 you you wrote that story during the summer about what what in the world's Iowa State doing going to um, to Ohio University? Um, money, you did, money, 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 and it's not money Iowa State's getting; it's money Iowa State's not giving away. So yeah, and I mean, I think the fin- the financials are what the financials are, but I'm sure every. Like and intellectually, everyone at Iowa State knows that, but I'm sure, like when they're uh, getting on that plane on Friday, everybody's going to be pretty annoyed uh, that they're going to to play in Athens, Georgia. Especially if they Athens. come back with a loss. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll. I mean, and it's like, frankly, like it's a must win. I mean, without question, it, is. it was always a must win if you're trying to get to six games. Like whatever you gotta happened, get, you got to be two. Whatever one. happened, whatever happened today. This was going to be a must-win if you're trying yeah. to get the six. I mean, yeah, exactly. But anyhow, I got nothing more. What about you? This has been the Cyclone Insider <laughs> Podcast and live stream from the Des Moines Register. Be sure to check out DesMoinesRegister.com for all of Randy and I's coverage, plus a number of our colleagues, both uh, covering the game, both from Iowa State and Iowa's perspective. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back in next week for all our coverage for the Ohio game. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.